1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as the dust slowly begins to settle after Wednesday's Old Firm game. Giovanni Van Bronker says Rangers are still together as Scott Arfield reveals angry words were exchanged at full time. Ange Postacoglu enjoyed the celebrations but says being top in February doesn't count for anything and Robbie Nielsen says he'll be happy to start John Suter at Ibrooks on Sunday. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight we've got Kenny Miller and Hugh Evans. After Wednesday night we're going from Celtic Park to a theme park the one with swings and roundabouts Celtic the league leaders are at Motherwell on Sunday can they handle the pressure of being on top Rangers are at home to Hearts on Sunday can they cope with being the side who has to play catch up I believe we've now entered what is known as the business end of the season which means those swings and roundabouts are worth millions of pounds Kenny Miller I'm not sure we get over a game like Wednesday with just one two of our phone in under our belts I'm sure we go again tonight as the you professionals would say Absolutely, I expect an, uh, another autopsy. Uh, both teams' performances. Uh, it was a wonderful first half for Celtic. There's no doubt about that. Uh, for Rangers, yep, it was a disappointing night, disappointing result and performance. But again, the fact that they've lost top spot, damage was done in the, the previous or two of the previous three games with drawn away Aberdeen and Ross County. So, uh, yep, it's really interesting to see now the dynamic change. One team's leading. How can you maintain that form? Can you stay top league? And can Rangers get back on the horse on Sunday? Because it's a must win game at Ibrox against Hearts. Hugh said the dust is beginning to settle. It probably never no. actually settles. No, 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 I'll no, take no. that back. Um, now that the immediacy of the occasion's gone though you told me that even after we finished at 11 o'clock on Wednesday yeah. ever the professional you went home and watched it again <laughs> after just to make sure you saw it right the first time uh, how do you look back on it now? Uh, I look back on it uh, from a Celtic perspective as being a wonderful occasion uh, for supporters players and Ange Postacoglu uh, a night of unbridled excitement for them for Rangers, the reaction has been extremely hostile. I can't believe some of the online treatment that uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has been getting. Some people saying he should actually have been removed from his job after 14 games. Uh, but the aftermath is quite simple, Gordon. Celtic are on top and they have to live with that pressure. Uh, Rangers are second place for the first time in a long time. And that brings pressure of a different kind. It's now a case of which version of themselves do Celtic and Rangers bring to the games against Motherwell and Hearts respectively. Kenny, what did you make of it? So much was said. You've been on here for weeks. We've been building up to it and speculating about how it would go. Did you see that one coming? No, I never. Uh... Again, maybe a bit of my, my heart rule in my head and, and some of the, the thoughts, but I genuinely looked at the Rangers squad and I thought they're missing fewer starters. They are, on paper, they're very, very strong. Forgetting the fact that actually their performances leading into the game hadn't been great. Uh, again, since the break, dropping points at Aberdeen, which potentially fortunate to get away with a point. 
uh, getting through late, a late goal against Livingston, scraping past that, and then obviously the what went on at Dingwall on on Sunday, conceding three goals, three three draw, more points dropped. So they weren't going into the game in any great form, but the hope was this could have been the game that that kickstarted them back into gear. A game of that magnitude with so much on the line, you just expected so much more for Rangers as a team and and the individuals within that team. So, but uh, all credit to Celtic and his team. I thought they were they were outstanding in that first half and absolutely the Blue Rangers away with some scintillating football Celtic fans Rangers fans let's do it again 01419511025 pick up the phone right now and let us know what you are thinking Ange Postacoglu says he wanted to savour every moment of Wednesday's win however he admits he got lost in it all uh, when doing a final lap of honour after the game Look, the, the whole night was uh, yeah, it was pretty special from the moment we walked out, and I guess you can just feel the energy in the stadium and and how our supporters sort of were really uh, you know getting behind the team, and um, you know I guess then the performance of the boys was was worthy of that support. So yeah, you know I I took my time sort of acknowledging them after the game because I just thought it was important we did that. I probably. I realised in the end I took too long because I was the only one out there so I had to run off pretty quickly I was a bit embarrassed by it but um, yeah like I said I, you know when we were walking around I just noticed that they were all still there you know none of them had left early and um, just thought it was important to acknowledge them and, and as you say just to, to sort of take an experience myself I, you know I realised it was a special night and something you want to store somewhere in your memory bank to uh, to recall, recall in my uh Old retiring years, mate. Alec is a Celtic fan. First up, what's your point tonight, Alec? Good evening, guys. Good evening, Q. Hi. You sitting with your steel helmet on that dark room, Q? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The lights are all on. Yes, it's nine minutes Kenny, past six, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny Miller and I can't wait for seven Duncan. minutes. Kenny Miller and Gordon Dunsney can confirm, Alec, we're in a room with all the lights Alec, on. Alec, don't let him take that smart tone with you. Not after the week he's had. Come on, let him have it. Well, after he's uh, very, very peculiar prediction a couple of weeks ago that the mighty Glasgow Rangers would get through the rest of the season without losing a game. It was very, very... Q was one of my foremost thoughts on Wednesday night that I had to go on this show tonight. I had to go on the show. Uh, I've listened to Q now on and off now, I think it's for over 30 years, with the great, great Jimmy Sanderson and all Correct. the rest of it. Yep. And Q, that was the daftest <laughs> prediction I've ever heard in my puff. And that's a congested field from you. Oh yeah, yeah. But listen, you you knew this was coming tonight. Come on, let, let's 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 deal with it face listen, on. Listen, I'm a happy man to be here. I'm a happy man to be anywhere at my age. Do I care? Not a jot. I went on the tack that Rangers with one defeat in sixty-one matches might maintain that form. It did not happen. Had it gone? Had that prediction blown up? At Dingwall on Saturday That would have been one thing But it blew up against Celtic at Celtic Park So of course I expect mm. the backlash But will it be of any concern to me? No Come on, hands up, you got it wrong That's all we need We need yeah. to cleanse and move well, on Factually, I got it wrong Of course, I said they would go through the remainder of the season Without losing a game And they've now lost one So I got it wrong Alec, you can sleep the sleep of the just this evening Kenny I mean I, I know I, I know you weren't exactly jumping for joy um, on Wednesday night after the result but can, can you find any 
any joy in the fact that this is led to this day because we've been saying this for weeks. <laughs> well, well, like Halleck, Hugh is in right the foremost in my thoughts. What does when that this, say about this guy's influence? In, this, is, this is the influence that he has in Scottish football. His standing is absolutely massive. You know, but... And defence to you is went on the facts, you know, and you know it's blew up now from a wonderful result and a wonderful performance for, for, from Celtic. Uh, Rangers never turn up, but again, part of me thinks they were they were made not to turn up in the performance of that first half. So it's uh, an incredible result. And listen, Hugh, you did say when you get it wrong, you absolutely the fall for Grace is absolutely huge for you. Yeah. When you get it wrong, you're right out there. We tried to phone in sick this morning and we said no chance. We Don't tell Alex that. He'll <laughs> believe you. Listen, Alex, let me. Do you another word of consolation a big name and I won't say who it is but a big name has been in touch about the prediction and I'll reveal all on Sunday Alec okay great I can't wait uh, Alec how impressed were you then with your team the other night oh I thought they were fabulous absolutely fabulous they moved the ball really quickly I'm, I'm looking forward to two things if you let me finish Gordon sure. I'm looking forward to seeing the Man United Middlesbrough game tonight see the boy just to see the boy that knocked Celtic back because I think Sorry, right, Alec. Alec, he won't see yeah. him. He tested positive for COVID. He's not playing. Oh, Alec, you're having a nightmare. You've got one over in Hugh, but you've you've lost out on this one. I'm afraid. I didn't know that either. I must say. Riley McGree is tested positive. Um, Alec, he's tested he, he, he positive he, he for he COVID. You. Alec, you've got under his skin. Are you excited about the weekend to see if Celtic can carry this on, Alec? Oh, definitely, definitely. I, th I think the, the way the team's uh, playing, that's what I was going to actually ask you if he's going to make another prediction. Who he thinks has got the best chance of winning the league now? Who's got the best squad? Come on, Hugh. If you think well, I'm letting him change his mind and predict Celtic to win no, the league no, now, no, no chance. Let, but let, let me answer just say, the let, 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 I will answer them in full. Every pundit, every pundit in this programme, everyone, without exception, took Rangers to win the league. Former Rangers players, former Celtic players, they all took Rangers to win the league. I am just the one who absorbs the heat for everyone. But at the start of the programme, Alec, I said swings and roundabouts. We're now into the business end. It is for the pair of them to respond. There are 14 fences to go in the, the grand hurdle between now and the end of the season. So for both of them, swings and roundabouts, Alec, hold on to your hat. Let's reword it then. How much... More likely is it now that you know, can you at least entertain the idea? Can you see Celtic going on to win this league? Whether you're going to say Wednesday, that they will or not, can you see it happening? After Wednesday, I would be very foolish to write off Celtic's chances because not only did they play magnificently well on Wednesday, but they have uh, Christopher Julian to come back, they have Tom Rogic, they have David Turnbull, they have Furuhashi, therefore. The players who dismantled Rangers on Wednesday are about mm. to be added to by another half a team. Giovanni Van Bronker says the result still hurts. He accepts they need to improve and says they're focused on moving forward. Well, I mean, it's the same emotion you have, of course, as a, as a player. You, As you said, the emotions, you know, can vary from, um, you know, very happy until uh, very disappointed. Um, so the emotion was clearly a very disappointment about the, the result. On, on Wednesday, and uh, you know, it's it's just case to um, you know to uh, make sure you are uh, realistic uh, at the debrief with uh, with the players uh, about the game we played, the things we have to improve, and um, you know, go forward. I mean, it's it's very important to go forward um, uh, because we have a big game on on, on Sunday again, of course, against Hearts. Let's bring in Darren, who's a Rangers fan. 
and he's got Bride a couple of days on Darren I, I don't know has the anger died down how do you look back on it now well uh, I was in the stadium on Wednesday night and I think kind of seeing what I've seen granted I didn't see much of the game at all but and I watched the highlights but Celtic played it brilliantly. I think the mind games got the better of Rangers. I think, you know, when you look at the atmospherics, you know, the lights, the, you know, the powerful atmosphere, the pounding music, dropping the lights for the huddle, and then you've got the mind games that are getting played with Callum McGregor. But I I don't think Callum was ever in doubt. I think we kind of played, they played it up as if he was never going to play, but he was always going to play and we bought into that. Well, uh, let's clear something up. So, what were you behind enemy lines? Were you were you working at the, the stadium? What do you mean? Uh, I was on duty at it. Ah, right. Okay, that'll do. I won't, won't get you in too much trouble. He's a policeman, in other words. Ah, you never know. It could be a pie seller. A, He's a policeman. A paramedic. It could He's be a any. Copper. It could be any any role within the stadium. He's one of the swingers. Basically, I did not see much of it. <laughs> I did not see much of it is what I will just qualify that with. Ah, uh, you were in the pie, the pie stall. Darren, don't, don't I, Darren I have to say, first of all, Celtic in the disco lights, they, they paid the good money for them and they're entitled to use them. Uh, I don't think he's complaining Mind games about uh, Callum McGregor Absolutely not Because the day before Ange Postacoglu did a press conference And said that there was a chance He would speak to Callum McGregor in the morning So there was no attempt to pull the wool over anyone's eyes And even if there was All is fair in love and war Every manager will have a a go at deceiving the opposition if he can But he didn't I mean Callum McGregor trained once anyway Kenny, there must have been a doubt up until that point whether he was going to make it you wouldn't ideally choose to, to go into a game of that fixture with one training session no not at all and I think after the injury it was stated that it would have been weeks that it would have been out I mean again everybody reacts differently to injury again, Callum's clearly wanted to play in the game everybody would have wanted to see him in the game particularly with all the other players that are missing he's such an influential player for them so I'm sure anything again that is a knock as long as it's nothing too concerned and obviously you can get away with covering it up with a mask and again everything else physically he's ready he can run he can tackle he can pass he can head he's, long, I mean, he's a brave lad he's, he's went into a game of that magnitude willing to put a mask on some people wouldn't have done that you know some people would have, would have stepped away from it but he's that influential for that team it was it was massive that he was in that starting lineup. would the disco lights have put you off Ken? you know I think the point on that you know I really really like the production of what's going on it's not just at, not just at Celtic Park there's been, been a Hamden when the, the music's playing and before and it builds the atmosphere it builds the energy within the stadium so you know that's Celtic's home ground they do whatever they do to get their team and their fans up for the game but what's the next step then Darren what's the extension of this when Rangers don't have to face disco lights and don't have to face Callum McGregor do you think they'll get back on track or are you worried about the form going forward well truth be told right I've not begrudging them using any of that and all sorts more power to them and they were absolutely sensational you know that you know, I have no recourse. We were just awful. But the thing that I noticed, uh, having watched some of the highlights, that is Rangers are lacking leadership. And I think that's where Callum McGregor really was the difference maker uh, in that game. Because if you watch what he does, he's constantly speaking to his teammates. He's constantly geeing them up, giving them reassurance, pointing out things. Have an ear. I've always been a big defender of him, but... Looking at what was going on that night and recently, 
he seems to be kind of playing a blame game and looking to apportion blame for things that go wrong, as opposed to geeing up his colleagues, which Callum McGregor did incredibly well. And as I say, I think he was a massive difference maker for Celtic. How does this work, Kenny? I, I feel like, unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm lucky to be here, um, live my footballing life through this show. And over the last few years, it can become quite simple. If Rangers aren't winning games... James Tavernier's a bad captain and there's a lack of leadership. When they start winning games, no one really mentions that. And then when they lose again, the finger goes back and, and gets pointed there. Is there any justification in that? No, I think I think you've, you've got it nailed on. He always is one that, again, the bigger players, the players that have been there for a longer time, they are normally the ones that get it in the neck because you expect more. And particularly when you're wearing that armband, it comes with a responsibility that sometimes you need to be seen to be going way, way, way above and beyond the call of duty for your team you know but it does it takes a certain type of character to do that last year nobody was like you say nobody's mentioning James James Tavernier and that he's not a good captain and I don't think that Darren's saying that either he was maybe just looking for a little bit more from him taking responsibility within the game well, I suppose on the night you could say no one did stand up for Rangers nobody and, did, and, and take control and that's the thing in terms of the lack of leadership there's, I think Conor Goldson has been very vocal over the, over the years and even this season in terms of some of the performances that his teammates have been putting in he's out of contract and I know it's another topic we've discussed many a time on the show but I wonder if that affects his input to the to the team in, in that regard you know but but James I mean I was watching the game obviously really really closely and James was still trying to get information to his players it might not have been as vocal or as gesticulating as much as what he could have been but I still think he was trying to help his teammates out Played one. Super scoreboard. Golden goals. Thank you to Darren. We'll take more of your calls after the break. Let's quickly remind ourselves of Clyde One Super Scoreboard's golden goals. Remember, every time Celtic or Rangers score, we up the cash jackpot. This rolls on every single game until the end of the season. And then one lucky listener will win the lot tax-free. So we're already sitting at 6,500. Both play again on Sunday. And each time the ball hits the back of the net from one of those teams, we'll add another two. £250 There's scope here to make a joke about my hometown team and how many they may or may not concede but I won't go there uh, we'll leave it uh, at that 6500 at the moment set to grow at the weekend one person who enters wins the lot every single penny so if you like the sound of it text GOAL to 61025 that's G-O-A-L to 61025 it's £2 plus your standard message rate over 18s only full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com and the lines close 6pm Saturday the 21st of May You are the Voice of Scottish Football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Hugh Evans are here. It's 0141951025 and it's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Let's bring in David, who's a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. How are you feeling about things now, David? I wanted a few days to calm down and collect my thoughts about that <laughs> old firm match, guys. You know I'm a big Rangers fan and it's just the the team looks unrecognisable. Even during the the warm up session I was like, We're not up for this match and it, it was shocking. Um there's maybe only five or six players I would keep to that team and I'm I'm not liking what some of the Rangers my fellow Rangers fans are saying, God, this'll be a wake up call. We've already had a few wake up calls this season. Ross County was a wake up call and nothing seems to be changing. It's not just the players, the, the tactics from yesterday, 
were shocking. You you can't play with your backs against the wall against your against your arch rivals. It's just not good enough. I think David speaks on behalf of a lot of Rangers fans, Kenny. Let, let's start with the the tactics. Then Giovanni van Bronckhorst stands by them today. Um, what did you make of Rangers' approach? Well, it just <clears throat> it just looked like there was an acceptance that Celtic were going to have the ball that we're going to defend and we're pretty much going to defend by the way I'm going to say in our own half but there were spells in that first half where the Celtic centre-backs were beyond the D and every player was from there down to the Rangers goal my point on that is and the reason I think it's a dangerous game is when Celtic have that comfortable possession and are now in the rhythm because they've been allowed to get into the rhythm all the rotations all their play their, their wing plays they're, they're playing the combinations through the middle they're good players and they are going to create things and the way they expose the spaces on the left hand side in particular of Rangers backline between Bassey and Barisic was so impressive and if you think back to the game how many times it was Abada it was O'Reilly it was Juranovic getting into these areas right into the Rangers box you're constantly having to defend situations that can easily lead to a goal scoring opportunity and the truth be told they got in there on that side yet a few times with Giacomacchus' opportunities and really he should have at least had a couple of goals to his name in that first half so it was uh, the tactics I just felt it was sitting on the back foot I think Rangers as the champions with the squad that they've got could have probably went a little bit more front foot particularly off the ball mm. on the ball again you expect so much more but off the ball I think you need to get into Celtic's faces and that evidence of that was there the last half hour of the, the, the harsh game at Tynecastle. and David's sort of more general point as well you can see the two camps here you can see the school of thought which is oh look it's, a, it's an off night we're still the champions at one point we'll move on we'll get better and the other one is fans like David who are a bit more concerned and saying no we've had actually had wake up calls before performance levels haven't been brilliant and therefore I'm a bit concerned about the, the bigger picture is that valid? Absolutely valid and you know Giovanni came in and there seemed to be a real uplift and you know there was so much positivity surrounding the, the, the slight changes that he, they had made to the team but see if you when you when you dig a little bit deeper, and I was I was one for all, all for that kind of noise as well that was surrounded when Giovanni came in and he went through. I think he had lost one goal in his first six or seven league games. Yeah, he was on, obviously Wednesday night was his first defeat. But when you when you look at the performances even prior to Christmas. Hibs, they get the penalty in the last 10 minutes and it was a penalty and they deserve to win the game but they probably, they never, I mean, Hibs were unlucky not to get something for that game. The Hearts game could easily have been a 4-4. The St Mirren game, the 2-0 game on Boxing Day, I think, again, they played okay but they, they weren't at their, at their best. You know, and that was something that was even getting levelled at the steam prior to Stephen leaving, you know. So, I just, sorry, prior to Giovanni coming in. The four performances since the, since the return after the break have been like, it's like it's, we're back three years ago now and where Rangers were right in the mix the Stevens first year the wheels fall off in the second half of the season the second year you win the game at Celtic Park you think you went top, you go top of the league at that moment or at least go level the wheels fall off the second half well five points out of twelve is, that, is a similar form of those moments this is why Sunday is all important for Rangers because theoretically Celtic could go to Motherwell win and are four points clear at which point this is not a procession at Ibrox. This is a public trial. Everyone from the manager to Aaron Ramsey is on trial here uh, because if Celtic do go four points clear and Rangers do not get all three points against Hearts, then Wednesday night at Celtic Park will not be seen as a blip. It will be seen as part of a trend. David, you're unhappy with the tactics 
what, what part do the players play in this? Are there any that you don't feel are performing? How do you feel about the, the playing staff? I think some of the players are were there, but if it's taken a, a boy for the youth team to look at, to throw some grit and determination and some character into the team, something's not right. Uh, you seen that yesterday with Barisic? He's a, he's a good player, but yesterday it was like the, that scene for Space Jam where somebody sucks out the talent out of, out, of the, out of the player. That's what it's like. A lot of the players have been completely drained. It's, it's as if they've been swapped with clones of themselves. Ah, the Monstars, eh? What a team they were. Uh, Kenny Miller, has Borna Barisic had his powers sucked out by aliens from another planet who want to make money out of their theme park? He definitely had a poor performance on uh, on Wednesday night. And and it's not on his defence because it was a poor performance. Uh, there's no getting away for that. And it, it finished off for me with the third goal. You know, that was for me, that was the, that was the goal that ended it. And it was, it was absolutely shocking defending for Borna. And his defence on the other aspects of the play, he was getting overloaded on that side. Like Celtic were so impressive off that side with O'Reilly, with Yara. Ivanovic with Abada, like they were absolutely overloading them on that side so much and Rangers never got to grips with it, they never got to grips with it in that first half and again the truth be told, it's pretty. I know the two goals came late in the half but the three Giacomacchus chances prior to that were, yeah. were incredible opportunities for him to score, it took McGregor again doing what he does in these types of games to produce and yeah they were all instinctive saves but he still had to make them had to make them off the back of a bad weekend for himself as well so had he not been in that goal and making those saves it could have been a real it could have been a lot worse for Rangers uh, OK thank you to David let's hear a bit from Scott Arfield who says they need to use the heart of Wednesday's defeat to drive them on he says there were some honest discussions between the players and the management on Wednesday night he is methodical and he's thinking he's a, he's a can but he, of, of course when emotions run high then you need to say it how it was so there was a few words get exchanged at, um, at half time and at full time and, and rightly so So, uh, and as I say this is what we need to kind of um, look back in this don't forget that feeling walking off the pitch on Wednesday and, and try and put it right as soon as possible I think it's just one of the things that you know we've had we've had tricky games and tricky periods players out for, for a number of reasons international um, players going and travelling over so there's a lot of squishes that you could throw out there but um, as we say it here it's um, the solutions that we kind of look forward to so of course, you can you can make excuses for everything, but the, the reality is we had a six point gap, and now we've no, and we need to put it right. Michael's secret stuff—that's what they need here. And I'll stop with the niche Space Jam yeah. references very soon before I confuse you any further. Uh, let's bring in Brendan, who's a Celtic fan, on the line. Brendan, how are you feeling after the other night's game? Just absolutely fantastic. It was just the tonight it was. You know, I think somebody touched on it earlier. He was a, a Rangers fan, but he just talked about the, the build up with all the theatrical stuff before it. It just set the set the scene. Just the first half display was just like awesome. But what I want to talk about, guys, is is where Celtic go from here. Um, I think that Ange's come out in the past and he's he's, he's created Don McKay was a played a massive part in him coming to the club. Kai's legacy. And post the call glue. Goodness, that's that's what what a legacy that is. We've got a guy who no connection whatsoever to Celtics, there's no baggies there, there's no expectation of sort of you know that some of the carried. He's got a depth knowledge of the Japanese market, which he's he's clearly shown his hands up. Celtic will probably win again in the summer and there'll be there'll be four or five other players in Angie's head that he'll be looking at to get a couple of them in. 
Hopefully the market's going to go over, there's going to be selling clauses, the price is going to go up. Enjoy it while it's here, guys, because it's, it's, he's doing absolutely fantastic. Hugh, that so. Japanese market, the, yeah. the knowledge of it, you can barely go a week without talking about it because Kyogo lights up the first half of the season, yeah. scores in the cup final, wins Celtic silverware, and you think, oh, well, the rest aren't, they can't possibly have the same... Um, impact as he's had and yeah. Rio Hatati might just have something to say about that and I thought uh, Maeda's cameo was magnificent for someone who got off a plane from uh, Japan that morning the morning of the game I think when Ange spoke earlier about staying out there for the lap of honour and being the last man in and he felt a bit embarrassed about it with the benefit of hindsight I can tell you that people who were there did not see it that way people there were touched by uh, the way Ange Postacoglu went around the pitch and they were appreciative of him and doing that. I think he also has absorbed himself, immersed himself in the club in such a way that he knows the Celtic fans better than they know themselves, I think. The way he explained what the club means to to families. Uh, so he has become, in a very short space of time, a cult hero at Celtic. But I'm not saying anything that Ange Postacoglu hasn't said himself and forcefully. He wants to bring Celtic fans the title. Otherwise, he will feel that the job, even in a first season where he inherited chaos, a shambles, he would have been forgiven for not winning the league. But even now, he sees the winning of the league as what he must do this season. Talk to us about Rio Hatati, Kenny. You've seen many, many old firm debuts over the years. Where does that one rank? Again, he was he's super. Again, along with how, how Celtic attacked the first half, you know, uh, he was outstanding against Hibs. Again, covered every blade of grass twice, I think, actually, that night. Against Hearts, again, very, very good for, for, for the hour until Hearts came into the game. And then to score two goals, the first two goals were so important, the, the goals. And the second one's an incredible finish. You know, for very little backlift as well, he's just used the player to guide it near post and gave Alan McGregor no chance. So he was another one. Again, I thought Matt O'Reilly was, was pretty good as well. And again, the way Celtic play, this is why I was on the radio saying, if Rangers stay in the game, they'll have a chance to get back into this in this last half hour because Celtic can't keep that up. It's absolutely impossible that they keep that level of intensity up for for ninety minutes. But the debut for Rio, the first three four games he's played, he's not quite got the Kyogo levels yet because he's only played four games. But he's definitely made an incredible impact to this team as well. Really interesting to see when Rogers comes back and Turnbull comes back, and you've got McGregor in there, and you throw the Gucci into there as well. All the players and the options that they've got in that area, who actually will be Angie's first three that he goes to. And what about the comments from the manager saying afterwards actually he's not fit enough yet and he's, he needs to get fit. That that must be great news for Celtic fans and ominous news for everyone else. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Can you cover every blade of grass three times? Yeah, I don't know if you can. If that's uh, if he's not fit enough, you know, it was interesting watching him at Tynecastle after the game. He just spent like it must have been like twenty minutes. Where I'm, I'm assuming it's his interpreter or, or a trainer, and he was just running in his flip flops. By the way, just up and down the seriously yep. for twenty minutes. He just done like, like so so light, like really really slow, yeah. and he's obviously some kind of recovery that he does so again the discipline to go out and do that after the, the, the results and the performance that he's putting in it shows he's obviously preparing properly he's a uh, he's proper professional uh, really it was really interesting to see it like in his flip flops as well 20 minutes he must have been going up and down up and down the pitch at Tynecastle making sure he's ready for the next game Ange Postacoglu says he's not getting carried away the players won't get carried away Brendan it's not as easy for fans how are you feeling now about 
destination of the title? Quietly confident, you know. As I say, you're a fan of the club. You're always confident, you know. You've always got to have that, you know. Sometimes you can be blind faith, but but you know. But I'm 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 quietly confident. I'm loving what I'm seeing and what Lot Angie's doing. Can I just finish with one point, guys? Make it quick. Um, Ricky was on on Tuesday night, and Ricky, I know Ricky. Ricky's just a, a, a passionate, passionate Celtic man. I've seen stuff online where he's took absolute. You know, some of it's been well beyond the pale. You know, some of the comments he's made about him, um, range of sites and things like that, and sort of things he's been shared. Um, Ricky, if you hope you're listening, I don't know what your refreshment is these days, mate, but that was for you and Wednesday night, mate, so you enjoy that. I have to be honest, I don't really know what that is is in relation to Brendan. It's not something I've noticed, but I I take your word for it. Uh, Brendan in Greenfield, 01419511025 on the phones. We're going to take more of your calls next. Travel with Arnold Clark's Real Deal. Part exchange your car and get an extra £750. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here. It's 01419511025 on the phones or it's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. I had a funny feeling that Wednesday was such a big occasion. We'd still be getting reaction to that game tonight and that is the case, of course. It's with a view to the weekend because Celtic's attempt to stretch the lead at the top takes them to Motherwell lunchtime on Sunday. And then what a cracker that will be later on at Ibrooks as well. Rangers, Hearts. Any of your thoughts ahead of those ones? Who should play? Who shouldn't? Who's getting rested? Who's getting dropped, perhaps? Rangers fans, does John Souter play? Plenty of discussion to be had. So pick up the phone and let us know. Cameron is a Rangers fan from Falkirk. What did you take away from it on Wednesday, Cameron? How are you doing, boys? Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Uh, I thought it was... Terrible the first half, absolutely terrible. I thought Tavernier being the captain and you would say supposed to be a leader in the dressing room. He had a 19-year-old lad in front of him from Man United called Diallo. He never helped him once. He didn't. To me, I never seen him telling him, shouting at him, "Look, you need to do this, you need to do that." We can all hang Barisic out to dry. I'm not saying he had a great game, but he was poor. But when he's up against Three people on that side of that park that just kept rotating and rotating, and there's no help whatsoever. Bassey to me is a cent- uh, left back, and we've been playing him at centre back for the majority of this season. When Balogun came on in the second half, he looked no brilliant, but he was a lot better than what we've got in there. I don't understand why he chose to start the hour in the first place. I mean, there's no option to put either Scott Wright in there or push Scott Arfield out there. I need, I need some honesty from you, Cameron. Were you saying that before the game? Because quite often it's easy to get you know the benefit of hindsight and, and say that the wrong team. Did you have complaints about the starting eleven when you saw it on Wednesday? Maybe Diallo. Right, that would be the only one. And as it stands, we thought with obviously Morelos being off with uh, Colombia, I think the strongest striker we have in the team is Kimar Roof. So I think Ken Roof, the team selection was okay to me, apart from maybe Diallo, which I would have thought would either have been Scott Wright or Scott Arfield. And then bringing in Stephen Davis, who is a massive leader. He's got a lot of experience against 
Rangers and Celtic, he's got a lot of experience under his belt. I don't know why that wasn't in it. Why that wasn't in contention for him at start. Fair enough to Cameron Hugh. Each to everyone's got their own opinion, but there wouldn't have been many. Cameron Fine might have thought that, but after full time. Or after half time, certainly at Dingwall at the weekend, I didn't detect too many saying, now nah, leave Diallo out of this one. No. I think it's retrospective wisdom on Callum's oh, part. I think you have to take Cameron at his word. If he felt it, then fine. But I'm, I'm well, trying to say, I don't think with regard it was to, a view shared. With regard to Diallo, he came with a fanfare of trumpets. He was hailed as a magnificent signing from Serie A to Manchester United to Rangers. Um, he makes his debut he scores within five minutes Uh, it's not his fault that the defence is a shambles at Dingwall and Rangers don't get full points therefore Giovanni Van Bronckhurst sticks with him unfortunately for Diallo I think the occasion swallowed him up and I don't think there's anything that anyone can do to help him If if the occasion has swallowed you that's it there's nothing that anyone can shout that will help you not be swallowed up um, so I, I just think people are now using retrospection and they, they're I don't know Kenny I was going to ask you earlier on have you ever known a, a night or a day when nine of the, the 11 who started the game all fell apart at the same time in the first half well, again there's there's two sides to it were Rangers that bad or were Celtic that good and for me I would say the higher end of that, the higher percentage that was with Celtic were that good. I mean, in, in regards to Diallo, he scores after, he's, I think, if had he not been in the lineup, Rangers fans might have been, but he scored at the weekend. And let's not forget he's an 18-year-old lad. You know, he's come up, uh, like I said, moved to a completely other country, went to a massive team in Man United, and now he's here on loan. He had only arrived a, a matter of days before his debut. So, and I think Rangers never ever had the ball to get him into the game. You know, and Tav, in regards to, for me, I'm seeing, I said, I've seen him speaking to people, I've seen him trying to help and organise, but he was also worried about Jota getting the ball every, every, every other minute and running at him, you know, so Rangers were really put on the back foot, you know, and sometimes you need to put your hands up and accept that the other team were better. In the first half, they were a lot better. My only, my only wee gripe about it is, is you've got enough in that team that you can recognise something within, within the game. You don't need to wait to half time so you get in and a manager can get a grippy and make changes and you know I did see a little bit of uh, for Scott Arfield I just thought Rangers needed to get higher I thought they needed to get a bit of, a, a more pressure on, on Carl Stalford in particular and, and Carter Vickers and not allow them just to get to the halfway line on challenge and there was, a, there was I think there was one moment in the first half where you could see Rangers creeping a little bit higher and you, uh, it's like I'm watching Scott Arfield and he was like right looking for his teammates to come with him and then eventually never and I think it moved four passes and eventually Kent went Arfield went and I think Aribo went and, and Diallo went also and Rangers actually won the ball back in the own half and Celtic just ended up kicking it that's what I think you could have had a little bit more of in the first half a little bit more pressure and ten. but you know Diallo I think it He's probably should he have played, should he have not played? In hindsight, no, but you could have probably said the same for an R5 players. Are there a few then, Cameron, that deserve a chance, deserve to, to show what they can do this weekend? Uh, I'd maybe say Balogun, because uh, I thought it'd be a decent game when he'd come on. Uh, the game's gone by that point, so, but I think Balogun, Ashfield, and uh, that's it pretty much they're the only two that I would say that definitely deserve to start because although we were so bad in the first half Kenny was right it was Scott Arfield that looked like 
he was trying to do stuff. Uh, there was a pass, I think it was maybe Barisic or Kent. Was it in the first half? It was just short. And in the end, Joe Hart came out and collected it. But I thought, he's seen that movement. Where's Ruth? Why is Ruth not doing that? Like, that that should be Ruth's job. But I don't know if Ruth maybe pulled another player out of position so Scotty Arfield could have done that. Yeah, but I think that the time he looked, he looked, he looked bright. And honestly, see, since Christmas, he's been the only shining light. I think he scored against Livingston, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He's 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 been phenomenal, and he's a must. He's a must to get another contract. Cameron not only is from Falkirk, your town of employment. He shares the same view as you with regards to Barisic. Where obviously it was a bad night, but. He was isolated a lot and, and Celtic's rotation caused Rangers a lot of difficulties. Where does that come from then? So what, what else has to happen? What else did Rangers get get wrong? They just allowed Celtic into their groove. And you know, you could see what they were doing. They're trying to stay narrow. They're trying to stay compact. And, and imagine the instructions, we don't allow them to go through us. We forced them wide. Well, when we did force them wide, then the rotation... Juranovic, for me, has been... Uh, an incredible signing for Angin Celtic he's, he's not only really really he's a good defender he's quick for me he's one of their biggest attacking threats in the positions he takes up not only by receiving the ball in dangerous positions but affecting the opposition to maybe free up an O'Reilly to free up an Abada or a Jota if he had been playing on the other side I, I just thought he was sensational the other night and, and, and his play his positions and like I said a constant attacking threat never mind a full back and doing his defensive work a real attacking threat for Celtic yeah um, it, he looks more and more like a gem that's been discovered by Postacoglu which of course is, is another feather in Ange's cap um, I, you know, with Cameron and all the other Rangers supporters, the the the, the sense I'm getting is that they're still shell shocked, and they're, they're finding it hard to come to terms with what happened. And they're correct. I've I've never seen a Rangers team fall apart in that way in the first half of a game. Second half, they were back into the game, and again, I looked at it when I went home, and and you looked at some of the chances that Rangers had. Arfield was unlucky. Um, and Ryan Jack what a strike that was uh, on another night that might just sneak in so it was the proverbial game of two halves but the first half cancelled out the second one Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football Thank you Cameron it's Beat the Pundit time 01419511025 Gordon Diel finally won a tiebreaker last night Hugh Keevans I know he's taken part in about 250 in his super scoreboard career lost every one of them I think he finally won a tiebreaker Flipped last it. night Flipped it. you should have seen him he was celebrating across the studio if you want to play tonight it's 01419511025 and you need to get your call in before 7 o'clock Tackle the Headlines You have the choice of Hugh Keevans or Kenny Miller or both to share your thoughts this evening so pick up the phone and keep them company whether it's the game on Wednesday maybe with a view to looking forward trip to Motherwell for Celtic hosting Hearts for Rangers will John Souter play? That's an interesting one we could get our teeth into after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, let's try and finish the week on a high listeners. Ryan in Scotsdon, how's it going? Very good. Have you ever played before? 
Nope, off time. Who's the weakest out of these two? If you had your choice. Tough choice. I'll go for it, you. <laughs> tough choice. Both hopeless, just one <laughs> slightly <laughs> li- slightly more so than I, the other. How can it be a tough choice when he immediately says Hugh? Uh, he, gave you, he, he was polite enough to say it was a tough choice, I would have to say Hugh. Uh, he, he tried to soften the blow, I'm not sure it worked. Heads, you will get your wish, uh, and tails, you will be stuck with Kenny Miller. And it is heads. It's hopeless you. So there we go. <laughs> uh, although you've got a de- if you've had a okay record I've recently, a, yeah, a wee yeah, run, yeah, I think so as well. I think so. Six, six last week. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. Uh, let's give Hugh some Clyde too, so that he doesn't know what Ryan is saying. Ryan, we are going to put thirty seconds on the clock. If you want to pass, that's absolutely fine. So just do that. Get it out of the way and move on to the next one. All right. Yep. Good man, your 30 seconds starts now In which country did Cedric Eaton play on loan in the first half of this season? Germany Which Celtic manager signed Christian Gamboa and Doris De Vries? Ooh, new winner. Name any club that Paul Hartley has managed Falkirk Who scored more goals for the Scotland national team, Lee Griffiths or Robert Snodgrass? Snodgrass Who managed St Mirren when they won the League Cup in 2013? Jim Goodwin Which Scottish Premiership side play their home games at the Kilmac Stadium? Uh, St Johnston Okay, uh, so let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh, can you hear us? I can Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock and it starts now In which country was Cedric Eaton on loan in in the first half of the season? Oh, Germany Which Celtic manager signed Christian Gamboa and Doris De Vries? Brendan Rodgers Name any club that Paul Hartley has managed Um, uh, Cove Rangers Who scored more goals for the Scotland national team Lee Griffiths or Robert Snodgrass Griffiths Who managed St Mirren when they won the League Cup in 2013 Danny Lennon And which Scottish Premiership side play their home games at the Kilmac Stadium Kilmac Stadium Scottish Premiership Mm -hmm. Kilmarnock That's what it I like how he double checked that it was Premiership and then named a team that's not in the Premiership. I know. <laughs> oh dear. Ryan, what's that's, the verb? That was really stupid. Well, Kenny, right? <laughs> it's the fact that he asked, didn't he? Um, what do you think, Ryan? Did you do enough? That's uh, tight, I think. Uh, let's find out, shall we? Um, which country did Cedric Eaton play on loan in the first half of the season? It was Germany, you both knew it. Which Celtic manager signed... Christian Gamboa and Doris De Vries it was Brendan Rogers. Hugh Keevens goes in front he did a lot right but he didn't get them all uh, bang on name any club Paul Hartley's managed you had the choice of Alawa, Dundee Falkirk Cove Rangers you both got that right 3-2 to Hugh who scored more goals for Scotland Griffiths or Snodgrass Griffiths got four Snodgrass got seven oh. and Ryan got it so he's level with you right. who managed St Mirren when they won the League Cup in 2013 it was Danny Lennon, Ryan. He has Jim Goodwin yeah. as the captain, so you were sort of close. He was he was involved, but it was Danny Lennon. Hughes in front, um, and we know he didn't get the last one right, but maybe you did. Which Scottish Premiership team played their home games at the Kilmac Stadium? You used to play there, Dundee. Dundee. I've done Dundee. It's one of these rename sponsorship type. Scenarios. I can tell you, it definitely wasn't Kilmarnock. Uh, I know that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ryan went for St Johnston, which is incorrect as well. And he's beating you, Ryan. Hard lines. Uh, I was tight. I was tight. But good luck. Well done, Hugh. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's doing the Bruni again. You had retired that one for a while. You had become more of a fan of pointing to the name in the back of your cardigan, but you're back to arms outstretched. Uh, I tell you what. It takes a special performance to win and have time to 
provide that Kilmarnock cancer. I know, yeah. It's like when you put on one of your hopeless players at the end <laughs> to like showboat. <laughs> I, I kind of feel Kilmarnock's an answer that it gets. That's yeah. been a few times. It's been a, a premiership. Then it's been Kilmarnock. Because you think of them as the being. Answer. A Premiership club, yeah. is that why? Yeah. Speaking of which, what a game we've got in the Championship tonight, don't we? Our broth against Kilmarnock. Oh, magnificent. Um, I fancy... Not in the Premiership, no. No, the no, 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 no. I fancy... Maybe next season. Kilmarnock. Do you? To leapfrog the Red Lichties and go top of the league. Mm. I'll tell you what, Kenny, I don't know what the weather's like in our broth, but based on the fact that it's usually wilder than everywhere else, and having been out and about today... That could be quite something it up there be very windy. <laughs> very wet and windy. Yeah, it's uh, played up there once uh, in my career, I think. Only once. Uh, and it was quite calm that day, to be fair. But it was, uh, if it's windy up, up down here, I think it's going to be wet, windy and wild up in, uh, up in them both. It's only 20 mile an hour of wind, uh, winds, producer Callum tells me. That's nothing up there. That's <laughs> no. absolutely nothing. If it doesn't begin with a five, uh, then it's a, it's a good evening for them. Do you know what? We spoke about under the lights and Wednesday and how much that can add to the occasion. First V second under the lights in the championship tonight yeah. is a brilliant occasion, and especially with the added fairy tale of, of who it is that's involved. Correct. But uh, Derek McInnes will realise that if he does beat our broth and goes top, it's making a, a statement about Kilmarnock and what they can do here. Um, so I just think they will have enough. And Kyle Lafferty back, scored the goal in his debut, won the match with his debut goal. And he's just a handy guy to have around. Yeah, I was going to say, your old teammate Kenny Miller, is he the man to fire Kilmarnock to the top flight again? It's definitely a big signing for them. And you know, I've, I've been quite confident that Kilmarnock would eventually kind of overturn the, the troubles that they had. And again, they were never too far off the top. They just never really put a great run of results together. But when Dell went in, I, I, that even just kind of made it stronger. I do think Kilmarnock will finish top of the league. Whether it's tonight or not, mm -hmm. against their both that they'll go back top, I'm not sure. But uh, I think they will win the league. Going to be a cracking uh, occasion, that one. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll look back on it tomorrow afternoon as well. Let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu, shall we? Uh, he says there hasn't been any shift in attitude from his squad since the win that took them top. He says being there at the moment doesn't really mean anything. Look, the, the whole night was, uh, yeah, it was pretty special from the moment we walked out and I guess you can just feel the energy in the stadium and, and how our supporters sort of were really, uh, you know, getting behind the team and um, I haven't sensed the boost, I haven't sensed a change in, you know, approach from anybody, um, you know, pretty quickly after the game, you know, we, we, everyone was sort of delighted with the way it went, but players got into recovery mode and, and you know, we're getting ready for the next um, challenge for us. So, uh, again, that, that comes back to people. Um, you know, the, the, the people we have here at the moment, um, the end goal was never to be on top in, in February. The end goal is to be on top when it counts. And all, all Wednesday night did was push us a little bit closer to that goal, but we're not there yet. So there's nothing to sort of there that suggests mindsets should change or approach should change and so you know the boost we got was that we got three points played well um, and give ourselves a chance in the next contest beyond that there's been nothing that's sort of meant that we've had to address anything a fairly understandable mindset you yeah we've now got something that I would term the premiership hurdle there are 14 fences in the race 
And the first of those is at Fir Park for Celtic at one thirty on Sunday afternoon. That is after the euphoria of Wednesday night. This is now the bread and butter again. Uh, they have to go to Fir Park, negotiate weather that might be a bit iffy. Uh, it's an excellent pitch at Rugby Park at uh, Fir Park, so that will be a problem. Come on, I know, the yeah. They've absolutely ruined you tonight. Uh, and Celtic have to assert themselves as the league leaders. That's what they are now. They can go there with that thought in their deepest subconscious. Celtic are the league leaders and there's the task for them. They have to maintain that position. We had some good fun at the top of the show with Hughes. Predictions, Kenny. I want the other night, has that has it done anything to your feelings on, on where the title will end up? Well, what it's done is it's, it's definitely announced that, that Celtic are genuine contenders if they never thought that before. Uh, being top of the league, I know Andrew's right, you, you don't win anything at February, but it's, you'd much rather see your team at the top of the league than not at the top of the league. So I just think it's the, the manner of the performance. I think that should give Celtic fans the most hope because if they can do that against Rangers, then they should be able to maintain that against most teams. You know, I know teams will approach the game differently, but just the, the sheer tempo of their football, the, the way they passed the ball, the rotations that they had, how clinical they were and, and some of the opportunities that they got was uh, it was really impressive. So they're at the top league now and, and, the, and the league tail doesn't lie. So for Rangers now it's, it's a bit of response. After a real period where their, their performance have been lacklustre, they need to respond on Sunday. You know, Celtic, it's really interesting, again, we've talked about it many times, the psychological edge of Glasgow. One team playing earlier, one, and Rangers have had that really at the start of the season. Now, the first time they've not been top of the league pretty much all season, apart from maybe the opening weeks of the season, Celtic have now got a chance to put a four-point lead. And if they do that, is, there is no other result. And I know that's for most weeks in the old firm, there's no other result than a win will be acceptable. But th- that just it goes up another level on Sunday when Rangers run out of Ibrox against Hearts. Uh, let's bring in Paul, who's a Celtic fan. What's on your mind a, a couple of days on, Paul? Hey, hi, Gordon. Hi, guys. Hello. Okay. Uh, my my thoughts are after a couple of days after the game, after the the kind of the euphoria, uh, just just sheer delight that the, the guy we've got at the helm, uh, Ange Postecoglou. I mean, the guys come in and. He's totally, totally revamped the team. Uh, and it's down to him. He's come in himself. Now everybody was saying that uh, he's done it himself. We don't know if he wanted to do it himself. We, d- we don't know if he wanted to bring it in his own guys or he was quite happy to go alone by himself. He's the one reason that the team plays like us. He's the reason that he's attracted the players that he has. He's a dream to listen to. Uh, he, he's got the, the players I think they'd run through a brick wall for him which doesn't seem to be the the case now I don't think at Rangers I think some of them actually look like they don't want to be there since uh, Stephen Gerrard's left but that the other night that was something that was something special you could just feel it in the stadium uh, and I'm not being too down here uh, Rangers got off lightly I mean, if it wasn't for Alan McGregor, that could have been six or seven in the first half. If yeah, Hugh and Kenny were very complimentary of his performance and, and, and pretty much agreed with you. Paul makes a, a very important point, Hugh, because context is important here. If Celtic were top of the league under any circumstances at this stage, 
they would be happy but this comes against the backdrop of a guy coming in with everyone saying oh, you've got to bring your own got to bring your own staff got, got to bring an assistant got to bring this person got to bring that person um, no head of recruitment no director of football is that really the way things should go in, in modern day uh, you know big modern day clubs all that sort of stuff so it, 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 I'm not saying he's a one man band of course he's not he's, no. he's got a good contribution from lots of people but it, it does add to the picture I assume and I have no insider information I assume that it was a precondition of getting the job that Ange Postacoglu agreed to work with John Kennedy Stephen McManus Stevie Woods the goalkeeping coach Gavin Strachan and the interesting thing for me about Wednesday night was as the goals went in I saw Ange Postacoglu interact with John Kennedy, McManus, Strachan, Woods in a way that he previously had not done. They, they now look to me like a unit, uh, a, a hard-working unit, whereas when he arrived, he was grafted on to them because they were there when the previous league championship was lost and they were still there. So he has taken on that responsibility and now they look like a working unit and he's also taken on responsibility for the most part when it comes to recruitment of players and no one talks now about where's the director of football, what's happening on that front so he has quickly established himself and learn to work with his backroom staff and they they do now seem to be a very tight unit. And just a name that you mentioned there's planted a, a thought in my head is that the power of results. What is the piece of technology that we no longer take yes, calls about? The laptop boy. He, he, honestly, Gavin Strachan's laptop used to get blamed for all sorts on this show. His iPad, his laptop, whatever it was. People used to say, that's all he does. He's sitting with that laptop, we're a shambles, blah, blah, blah. Win some games, Kenny. You win any amount of games, you're top of the league, then nobody cares who does what, what's getting said, what the tactics are they want. The style in which Ange's played, again, we've talked about numerous times every single week about the style, the, the philosophy, the intensity in which they want to play. We've talked about it, they train that way as well. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, when you've got these types of running results and, and the end game is obviously win the league, nobody really cares. I mean, I'm sure on the iPad it's probably just a set of plays that he's potentially showing people or maybe, maybe even replays, you know, things that you can look at because I have had that in my, in my time as well. But uh, no, you're right, people forget about that and they start focusing on what's important. Uh, Paul, how encouraging is it to have a result like that and go top, a performance like that, and then even as early as the weekend be able to welcome back Tom Rogic, welcome back near Beaton welcome back uh, an improved Dyson Maeda given that he's at least been off the plane for a few more hours that, that must fill you with a lot of confidence it does can I just say can I just address something you said there sure. you, I, I, I disagree with you every goal that Celtic have scored Ange Postacoglu has turned around and celebrated with, with his coaches ever since the start so that, that's not a new thing that's not as if there was a bit of uh, animosity every goal he has he, he has welcomed them so I, I don't agree with that Gordon what you're saying about these players coming back I'll be honest I don't know Celtic's strongest team now we've got so many options and so many variations that you can use to play this system 
that Angie's brought in totally modern the only way I can describe it is a modern day football team that even if you're not having a terribly good game you know you know where to go you know the system but if you're not playing well you've got somebody that will come in who's equally as good as you are better I, I, I don't I don't actually know Celtic's strongest team now Thank you to Paul 01419511025 John is going to be up next he thinks some of the Celtic fans are getting carried away we'll hear from him after these Taking your calls on Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One's Super Scoreboard I was going to say Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans but he appears to have nipped outside for an important phone call Kenny are we not important enough for him anymore? I don't know I thought I'd done a runner Honestly. after that come on I can't Listen. oh he's back Got to get the lift organised. <laughs> Honestly, shameless. Right, okay. Let's bring John onto standby. We'll get to John in the next thirty seconds. I've got a quick question though. Since season twenty twelve thirteen, six players have scored twenty or more goals in the Scottish top flight and have never played for either of the old firm. Since twenty twelve thirteen, six players have scored twenty or more goals in the Scottish top flight but have never played for either of the old firm. Can you name them? Liam Boyce. Yes. Okay, we'll leave it there. We'll get the rest very soon. We'll build up to between now and the end of the show. Uh, John is a Rangers fan on the line. What is your point for the guys tonight, John? Uh, good, good evening, lads. Hi. Uh, I want to get one thing uh, clear first right away. I watched the game on uh, Wednesday night, uh, and no doubt, unbelievable. The, the first half performance for Shelley uh, was well worth a, a victory. The point I'm going to make here is I, I'm old enough to watch a few. A right few old firm games, six, two defeats, six, five, one victories, five, one defeats. Uh, I've also watched, I can remember uh, the late Tommy Burns bringing, playing uh, a Celtic team against Rangers, and was fantastic and got defeated. The point I'm going to make here is I, don't, I cannot in all my lifetime remember such euphoria over a game, a first half game, and an old firm game. And I've, and I've been to a few. I've watched a few and, and since Wednesday I've actually watched the game twice again and since Wednesday we never went in uh, one nothing at half time should we close the game out in the second half the possession of that game was 55-45 now before anybody jumps in I know goals win games and performances it was a really really good performance first half in Sally but we had, we just had chances in that game now see if that game would have ended up 3-2 I wonder what people would have been saying. Now, I'm just saying the euphoria of the game, that's the point I'm saying. It does sound like quite a big if that, though, doesn't it? I mean, if the 3-0 had been 3-2, the word if is doing a, doing a lot of heavy lifting there, John. Gordon, I know, I knew, by the way, with all due respect, I knew that was the first answer I was yeah. going to get there. I am very predictable, I'll grant you that. No, no I'm, I'm just saying it. It seems to be all the time, the word if. The word if, see, well, OK then, the word if... You see you see me use it all the time, Gordon, when points are getting made to you. We know that. We know football as a predictable game. Right? But I'm just saying to you, the point I'm making is it was a first half of excellent performance for Celtic, I'm granting that. But I think people's missing that that Rangers got it back and a sell back into the game in the second half. Well, now, it's, been noted, uh, it's been noted, wait a minute, Gordon. It's been noted over the last few games. Even Celtic supporters have said that Celtic started to tire after 60 minutes, 55 minutes. That's what I'm saying. They've done it against Hearts and all. It's been, it's been a notable thing in our game. 
And Kenny Miller quite, pointly, uh, quite rightly pointed out, very, very hard to keep that intensity going. And I've been saying it for months. The intensity, if, if they get a, a, a grip in the game and go 3 on up, they did the other night here. Most of the teams will only get back in the game. A different ball game if it's only getting one night. Like we proved against Dundee United, not each. You know, he's going the last minute. But again, I'm going to re-emphasise this, Gordon. The euphoria in this game is with half a scale. We've got MSPs tweeting that Big Angie's the greatest thing since Joe's seen. Oh, well, come on, get a grip with us early. Well, John, do you live in Glasgow, John? That's the Bristol shoot. Right, fine. Um, this is Glasgow. Celtic have not beaten Rangers for over two years. The Celtic fans have endured uh, a season unlike any other. They thought they were going to get 10 in a row and what they got was a debacle. Uh, they got a new manager, Ange Postacoglu, who came in to indifference at best. And he has taken them to the top of the league and he did so by beating Rangers. Uh, and that's why there's euphoria. They, they've uh, had a lot to endure, the Celtic fans, and high on that list is the fact that they hadn't beaten Rangers for over two years, and they celebrated like there was no tomorrow. Perfectly understandable. You would do the same yourself, John. Kenny? Yeah, listen, John, the, the, the game was done at half-time, and I think that was part of the reason Rangers did come in in the second half. And again, for, for the even for the most staunch Rangers fan, avid Rangers fan the game could have been five or six you know like and you can go on the, we, we can't look at just on a purely Rangers point of view that yeah we had two or three chances in the in the second half but the game was effectively over as a contest at half time and it could have been a lot worse so you've got to look on both sides so the game was done Rangers were better in the second half and like you said rightly said my thing was if Rangers can get in at half time at 1-0 even 2-0 I still think they could have regrouped but that third goal absolutely ended the game as a contest Listen, I agree with you, Kenny. You've just you've just reiterated, reiterated my statement there. If it could have been five or six, no doubt in that. But it wasn't five or six, so we, that's what I'm, that's the point I'm making. We can't have you can't, you can't have callers questioning callers saying if, and then use it turning and saying it could have been five or six, but it wasn't five or six. So we've got to look at it in the context of what it was. The point I'm getting, at, I'll, I'll get, I say it again. To you, I don't mind, and it, by the way, sure. I've just reiterated everything I thought of, but you were right, you're 100% right. We went crackers after eight games. You know what I mean? John, see, just to clear up, I don't think Kenny is agreeing with you. I think Kenny's trying to say that Rangers' improvement in the second half was only because the game is done, whereas you've got it as this sort of impressive performance from Rangers in the second half. You come on and mention that Rangers had more possession in, in the second half. I think Kenny's trying to say that that only happened because the game was done. No, they never had mere possession in the second half. They had mere possession in the game, Gordon. Yeah, was, well, but that would have been driven by the second half, though, wouldn't it? Let's be honest, John. It was 45-55. But what was it at half-time? I, I don't know. They never put it up. OK. I've never seen that. But didn't. Rangers clearly had John. a lot more of the ball in the second half, and I think Kenny's point is that's because the game was done. But you you brought that stat up earlier as some sort of feather in Rangers' cap, didn't you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I'm, I'm just saying the most important start at half time was three hundred Celtic. That's the most important start. Yes. Right. I'm not getting away from that. Right. But the point I'm making to you is that the the, 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 the you think there were only one half for the game played done on it. Simple. Is it, what's, what's what's even more simple, John, is the only thing that matters is the final result. And the, the fact of the matter 
is that on the night, the final result meant that Celtic had leapfrogged Rangers and gone top of the league. I don't now, think John doubts any no, of this, no, no, to be no. fair. But I think John is, is displaying, understandably, the most human of characteristics. He's a big Rangers fan. His team were knocked off the top of the league. And to use a Glasgow word, John is beeling. And see, to be fair, see, be fair, so, so be fair to John, so even just bring him in on this. The possession things for me was allowed. You know, Celtic allowed Rangers to have the ball and things. But forget that. It's how Rangers actually went higher up the pitch. That's my question. Why, why Rangers never done that for the off? Because it's been a clear thing how Celtic want to start games. You've got all these 26, 27 games of evidence, uh, League and Cup games. That they come out, they start fast, they want to press, they want to play. Rangers would have counteracted that by getting in their faces, not allowing them to the halfway line, not allowing them into the rhythm, and that's the thing that disappointed me the most about the performance. Still confident, John, about the, the rest of the season? Aye, I, I would just like to say something to Kenny there. Mm. And it would maybe hopefully, see when you're playing football, Kenny, right? And you don't look at the side, you look at yourself and see the other night, I see Rangers players, some Rangers players, they should have had a right good look at yourself and regrouped on that part. It comes within that part. You help yourself on the part. And a lot of players were shying away for responsibility. But on your question, Gordon, I've no doubt that Rangers will regroup this Sunday. And then again, the quality that they've got, regroup, and they'll give somebody a hammer. You know, we've all seen these games. You go away and you take it in the chin. It's a reaction for these games that make a team. Yep, going to be a fascinating weekend. Let's hear a bit from Robbie Nielsen just on that, um, because that's another subplot clearly that we've got this weekend. John Souter, I mean, he's not been fit uh, in recent days, but the Hearts manager says he will be happy to start him at the weekend. He says he's not reading too much into the Ibrox side's recent form as well. Hopefully, John will be back this morning today. Hopefully, train tomorrow and then be available for the weekend. John's been been great. He's just been growing now for probably a month, and he's been great. Trained away 100% when he's played the games, he's been very, very good, and I expect him to do exactly the same. It's a big game, and he's one of our best players, so it's important if he's fit, he's going to play, you know, and I'm pretty sure he'll play well. Yeah, no, to be honest with you, know, Celtic, good team, you know, they press well, and you know, these games are, you know, they can swing both ways at times, you know, if the game starts well, Celtic in the front foot, they get the goals at the right times, and it made it difficult for Rangers. I mean, their form, the fact that dropping off, you know, I think it's the first defeat in seven or eight for Joe, isn't it? You know, so, like, I think, you know, when you lose an old firm game, it gets uh, made any such a big thing. It's, the league's still tight then, it's two teams have been battling out, and they know that, you know, I think Celtic played before, that was on the, the Sunday, so depending on that result, will be have a reflection of how the game goes against us. Three outcomes here, Hugh. John Souter plays. John Souter is injured and simply cannot play. Or in the conspiracy theory capital of the world, it's a convenient injury and they'll just be left out anyway. John Souter is in a lose-lose situation for me. If he plays and Hearts win, he may possibly have delivered a potentially fatal blow to the people who will be his employers from uh, June onwards. Uh, John Souter plays, Rangers win, and John Souter doesn't have the best of games. John Souter then goes into the dock as the accused. He didn't try his best. Uh, We all knew what would happen. So for me, he's in a lose-lose situation. We said this when it was all the speculation was brewing, Kenny. Like everyone knows John Souter's a good professional and 
it, it sounds fine on paper You just carry on You play you play for who pays your wages And all that But it was always going to come to head In this game when they, when they meet each other Of course it was And there is other scenarios Where he plays brilliant And they get beat And he plays rubbish And they still win You know So the thing is In terms of the injury Is that a convenient injury He missed an end by Derby Also You know So it's not as if he's just Throwing one on the Friday day No before no the day Listen the Rangers, I, you know, Not so. my conspiracy no, theory I, I, I'm getting ahead of it and I know I know yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're doing But No I think if, if John's fit John will play And John will perform You know he'll perform Listen that might He might perform well He might not perform well You know That's just the nature of football But there's one thing for sure He's going to be given everything he's got For the, the team that he's representing on that day uh, right, how are you getting on with this teaser then? We're looking for, <coughs> if I can find it, the six players since 2012-13 who've scored 20 or more in the Scottish top flight but have never played for either old firm side. Guys like Liam Boyce. Rooney. Adam Rooney. I was going to say Sean there. I don't think he's quite got 20. Stevie May. Oh, wonderful. What a performance from you. Right, okay, we've got three to get. We'll get them between now and the end of the show. Remember, it's full time at Clyde1.com. Uh, if you want to send it in Ross and Clyde Bank sent that one in to us tonight so full time at Clyde1.com let's bring in Brian who is on the line what's your point tonight Brian? Hi how you doing boys? Good thank you good well there's certain there's certain periods in time where you look back and games stick in memory that was another 6-2 game for, for Celtic fans in particular Celtic fans will remember that game for a long, long time to come. Um, especially coming off of the season that we had. Now, if you can remember right when I was on it last time, I said if they back him, they'll be fine. They're more than fine. They're absolutely racing. They're brilliant. The football that we are playing now is... I don't think any Celtic fan could have imagined a first half like that the way we played. We absolutely blew them out of the water. You know, a lot has been said about Rangers didn't right, wrong tactics, this and that. I don't care what anybody says. See when Park keeps bouncing like that, right? Celtic Park, and we come out and play like that. I'm, I'm confident we would beat any team. You know what I mean? It's To me, it's like any player come out and, and witness that atmosphere. They're going to be put off with their days. I'm talking about the opposition team. You know what I mean? It's to me the football we are playing now is absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think that's where the you can hear how happy Brian is. And then yeah. the previous caller says, you know, the euphoria is too much. Yeah. But Celtic fans would have taken a scrappy one nil. They hadn't beaten Rangers in seven hundred and eighty seven days. Yeah. They would have taken a scrappy one nil. It's the fact that it wasn't that that's led to the What happened on Wednesday was unique. You had the first of all, you had a Celtic Rangers game. You had the floodlights, and that that hadn't been the case for eleven years. You had the disco lights. You had everything that was going on. Uh, the atmosphere was unique. However, I would just remind Brian that when Livingston came to Celtic Park, Celtic dropped two clumsy points. Um, Dundee United came to Celtic Park Celtic dropped two clumsy points uh, so I think Brian's about, qualifier was though that he said when when we play like that yeah, he but, thinks that well, you know, the but again, struggle to be matched I fully understand that for Brian and tens of thousands of others indeed even for a television audience that night will live mm. long in the memory however it's there 
in the memory, but it's Sunday that's important now. It's what Celtic mm. do in the rain or snow or whatever's going on in North Lanarkshire it's always on sunny. Sunday. It's always sunny there. Um, I think the occasion did play a part, Kenny. We've got this situation where the away allocations were cut anyway before that, but then you, the sort of COVID, no Celtic fans at Ibrox earlier in the season, so Celtic returned that this time. Did the occasion get to Rangers as well? So much said about <coughs> tactics and individual performances. Did the occasion get to them? No. No. Like the occasion did. They were blown away. It's as simple mm. as that. They were outperformed, they were outran, they got outpassed, they got outscored. It was just a it was a just a mm. top, top performance for a really good team. Who and know did, what they're doing? And did those two become linked then? Because of course when they when you when you concede after four minutes then the, the, the roof comes off the place whereas if you if you can get to half time if you can nudge it beyond that and all those fans who are against you have maybe gone a little bit flatter but but it was it was gone wasn't it and the party atmosphere was it was done as was a contest built. you know it was done and you know what yeah the goals went in, in the 40, 41 44 minutes and that effectively, effectively ended as a contest but the signs were there you know the signs were there the Giamakis uh, three opportunities to score were wonderful chances chances he'll look back on yes he'll be delighted his team have won the game but he'll be looking that was a chance I could have had a couple of goals in an old firm game you know you don't get too many chances like that in these games and who knows what when his next start might be in an old firm game so he'll definitely look back on that as, a, as, as big opportunities missed so I don't think the occasion got to Rangers I just think they were outperformed yes he, he, in the autopsy well where's the leaders where's the characters organised on the pitch and I get, I get that as well because I did say it that can be fixed things can be fixed in game you don't need to wait till after the game till half time before a manager and his coaches can get a hold of you big players cannot see, see what's coming they can feel how things need to improve and it can be changed in game unfortunately the game was done by the time the changes happened any problems on Sunday Brian or does that lead get stretched I think there'll be much problems in, in Sunday um, it's the way the team are playing now. I mean you look at it for a man for the goalkeeper right through to the forward do you know what even though big uh, Jackie Marcus didn't score the other night I was really impressed with his, with his play I mean he was he done everything right there wasn't there wasn't a single Celtic player that, that had a bad game to be honest with you um, even Juranovic uh, at the back outstanding there was Loads of players that you could do. You, could, you couldn't single anybody out for it that way. But to a man, they just absolutely battered Rangers. Absolutely battered them. And I don't care what anybody says. When you, you've got a team with that intensity coming at you, you're, you're not, you don't stand a chance. OK, Brian, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. That was Brian in Kirkintilico, 141951-1025. I'm going to get the rest of the answers, hopefully, on this full-time teaser next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here. We're underway at Gayfield between our broth and Kilmarnock. Will one of these sides join us in the top flight next season? Will both? You never know. It is an option that's available. And maybe even more surprisingly, none of them will. The championship is going to be a fantastic uh, race towards the end of the campaign. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Let's revisit tonight's teaser sent in by Ross in Clyde Bank. Thanks again to Ross, full time at Clyde1.com. 
since 2012-13 Six players have scored 20 or more in the Scottish top flight But they've never played for either of the old firm So you've got Liam Boyce, Adam Rooney, Stevie May Any more? Does Michael Higdon fit the thing? Oh, he does, what a player, well done Lauren Shanklin No Martin Boyle No, you've gone off the boil You're doing well Billy Mackay Yep Wonderful Okay, only one to get And we'll try and get it before the end uh, of the show I was said it earlier I think it looks like a perfectly reasonable night at Gayfield By their own standards The ball's not even blowing off its spot The corner flags look a bit blustery But I think we're okay And the flags in the background a little bit as well Yeah Big game though, isn't it? We said it earlier. Huge. Brilliant, brilliant game. Top of the table clash, similar to Wednesday night. The team in second, they've got a chance to leapfrog the team at the top. So, wonderful game. Is that, uh, a, is that a bounty castle from someone's garden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been windy. It's become a real sign of the times in Scotland when you see trampolines yeah. on their. That's like. Yeah. The, that's how you, the confirmation you get if it's been a. A rough night on the weather front But no, I think it looks fine And the game uh, is underway Three minutes gone Are both nil Come Marnock nil um, In terms of Sunday Lots of focus Motherwell Celtic Rangers Hearts um, It was always going to happen To an extent Hugh But we have to mention Tomorrow's fixtures That are absolutely Crucial When you look through them Hibs St Mirren's Just got a great look about it Because mm. Sean Maloney all of a sudden Is getting some Some critics appearing Gets a point Edinburgh Derby yeah. does that satisfy things uh, well it, it keeps people at bay you know had they lost to Hearts and I think Hearts were diddled he didn't get two penalties that they should have got had he lost to Hearts then Sean Maloney would be under a bit of pressure today but uh, he survived to tell the tale uh, St Johnston Dundee United obviously crucial for Callum Davidson they got off the bottom by virtue of beating Livingston midweek and that was a huge psychological win for them. Uh, if they could get another one at home tomorrow, a corner may very well have been turned. And uh, Dundee are now rock bottom and they're playing Ross County now. If Ross County, I think, are five points ahead of Dundee. Were that to go to eight points, then Dundee would be in a sorry-looking state. Yeah, I was going to say one of your former clubs, but there are five of them in the top flight, Kenny Miller. Um, Dundee yeah, are now bottom of the table and um, hosting a Ross County side that absolutely battered them last time they went there. A Ross County side who score for fun. They're the third-highest scorers in the league. Maybe not quite as good at keeping them out, um, but it looks like a big weekend at the bottom. Definitely a big weekend, even, even for Livingston against Aberdeen. You've got a chance to push yourself. I know goal differences are a big thing as well, but a chance to go level with Aberdeen in that final spot of the, of the top six. So, again, that's a big game. A huge, huge weekend. And like Hugh says, if the results go against St Johnston and Dundee, then that gap between the bottom two and, uh, and, and the rest starts to look a little bit big. And on to the games themselves on Sunday. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into a bit more detail tomorrow. Motherwell Celtic, it, it just feels. Hugh that everyone's expecting Celtic who've just demolished Rangers Why? of course they'll go and demolish Motherwell yeah. I'm sure Ange Postacoglu um, will be trying to guard against that mindset even though it might well be the the end up The Celtic fans will have a unique place in their hearts for the game uh, and what was half a game uh, where Celtic went uh, and ran riot against Rangers in the first half but the fans will hold that night in their memory for a long, long time to come. However, the brutal truth of the matter is they have to put it to one side on Sunday. This is a 14-game championship now. Swings and roundabouts. Highs 
and lows, days you didn't expect, days you wish never happened. Celtic have to go utilise this ever-growing squad that they have. Tom Rogic will be back. Um, other players who didn't play against Rangers will be in the frame, etc., etc., but they have to go and get their work done. It's as simple as that. And put Rangers under pressure. The, the, the boot is on the other foot now. Celtic are top. Rangers are second. Celtic play first. Rangers play second. Motherwell not in great form, Kenny. Although they'll be feeling a bit better given they, they equalise late against St Mirren. You get a point. It sometimes feels like a, a winner. They do have good home form for Park. The record's decent. However, the last time one of the so-called big sides went there, Rangers absolutely hammered them. Um, um, and also Celtic went there and won so com- yeah. comfortably. Do you see uh, any problems there then? No, I can't. I can't. I mean, again, Motherwell are a team who have been very, very good at points through the season. I've had a really run kind of early in the season, five games, six games without a win. Then they turned that corner. They're sitting in fourth at the moment. They're looking up. You know they're looking upwards. They want to maintain that this, the, their position in the league is European football if they can if they can achieve it. So they've got something to hold on to. You have got uh, you have got Hibs and Aberdeen kind of breathing down their neck potentially. Dundee United and Livingston after the weekend also. So I think the battle for that spot, that last European spot, that fourth spot is really going to be heating up. So if Motherwell don't get the result, it gives the other teams a chance to really claw back the points that they're behind. Fourth to tenth, separated by just ten points. This is an incredible part of the. The table onto the later game on Sunday, four o'clock. Rangers Hearts. Oh, Morelos will be back. Does he go straight back in? If he's back and he's came back fit and healthy, yep. then I would absolutely expect him to go straight back in. Aaron Ramsey from the bench or from the start? You know, I, I think it'll be for the bench. Uh, all depends on. Do you want to do you want to throw him in and get him up to speed again? I don't know the fitness situation. I know a big lift to the, the Rangers fans going along, wouldn't it? Absolutely, would you know? And I think it's uh, he's came here to play. You know, he's not came here to sit on a bench. And I think the the position at the moment after the after the result on Wednesday, it's important that you get your best team playing. I think Aaron Ramsey will be in that best team Alfredo will definitely be in that best team as well so yeah it'll be interesting to see the change I mean I would expect a few changes for the for, for Wednesday night in the Rangers I think Leon Balligan will play at centre back I would expect to see maybe Bassey maybe going at left back after the performance of of Barris it's not, not the only reason I just think Bassey has he's been he's been quite solid at centre back but he is clearly a better left back than what he is a centre back uh, Alfredo will come in Ryan Jack to start baby you know it's, it's, it's an interesting one Ryan Jack instead of Glenn I think it'd be really harsh on Glenn albeit Ryan I thought he'd done excellent and he's been out a long long time I think he will come back he may come back in the team and he may be back in the team and allow Glenn to go into a different role uh, they may line up a bit different as well I don't know I think there's there's so many good options in that Rangers midfield but uh, Ryan was I thought he did as much as the game was done I think he did make an impact and a, and a decent impression after in the second half of the game and of course, will we see John Suter? Mm. The kind of week I'm having with predictions, <laughs> yeah, maybe just I'm not sure I'm the man you should be asking. I might be a lost cause. If he's fit, he plays, Kenny. Is it sim- that's what the manager says. Is it as simple as that for you? For me, as again, I think Halkett's still going to be injured. I think, uh, I think again, you need your best players playing. John Suter's clearly one of the best, one of the best defenders Hearts have got, so he plays. You are looking for one more player who, since 2012 13, has scored 20 or more in the Scottish top flight but never played for either old firm. You've got Liam Boyce, Adam Rooney, Stevie May, Michael Higdon, Billy Mackay. Did this player 
play with a club who are at the moment not in the Premiership. But at some point, yes. But most notably, no. I mean, he did play. Did he play for your club. Maybe. Now, what I mean is this season. Oh, Motherwell player. Um, and St Mirren. Maybe. I like testing you at the end. He's got a footballing brother, but he's definitely the most handsome of the two. Right. We're going to get scale on that. Put me his misery. John Sutton. John Sutton. Well done, Kenny Miller. Thank you to Hugh Evans and to Kenny. And for all your calls, another extremely busy show. Apologies if you couldn't get through. But we are back tomorrow from 2 until 6. All of Saturday's action. Look ahead to Sunday and the open line as well. So you won't want to miss that. Join us tomorrow. And George is up next. GBX.